Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the KettleCast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we'll be talking about the Hawks' 110-117 loss to the Phoenix Suns. After a rough first half, the Hawks use a monster third quarter to get back in the game. The Hawks are able to tie the game in the fourth quarter, but big play from Jay Crowder and Chris Paul helped lift the Suns to victory in Phoenix. Without further ado, let's get into it. Another loss for the Hawks on this road trip. It moves this road trip to 2-4, and four, and they have two more games. They get to go play in San Antonio, where hopefully they will have DeAndre Hunter and Lou Williams available. We'll see what happens with John Collins, who got injured in the first half of this game against the Suns, had a sprained ankle. Um, actually had it sprained earlier in the second quarter and continued to play until about a minute left in the quarter um, and would not come back for the second half. But we'll have to see what the Hawks are able to do in San Antonio and then on to New Orleans before coming back home to Atlanta. And um, a lot of this road trip, especially these last couple of games, the Hawks have definitely looked tired. Um, but I will give the Hawks credit. They got down. They were down by as many as 16 in the first half against the Suns. And they came all the way back, and this game was tied with three minutes to go. Um, and a few shots fall a little differently, and the Hawks get out of Phoenix with a win, which is a, a tough place to go get a win right now in the NBA. So really good effort from the Hawks, but a couple key misses and uh, missed opportunities at the end of games cost the Hawks. And also falling into such a deep deficit in the first half, it just is so hard for a team to come back after being down double digits. And the Hawks did a good job of getting all the way back. But really one of the hardest parts about doing that is finally getting over the hump. And the Hawks were able to come all the way back. They tied it at 103. The Suns came down, got an easy two. And then the Hawks came back, and Trey had another lob to Clint Capella to tie it at 105. But they were never able to get the lead. The game was tied three times, and no lead changes. The Suns had the lead from start to finish. Um, And so the Hawks had some nice performances and did a really strong job. It was super encouraging to see them get back into the game. But now they got to find ways to win. They've lost four of their last five games. And, again, I go back to what Nate McMillan talked about when he first took over for Lloyd Pierce, just that at the beginning of the season, the Hawks would have a nice win, and then they would find a way to not stretch that into any sort of winning streak. They would lose a couple games and then get another win and then lose three games and stuff like that. And while this road trip is really difficult and being away from home, and having to travel on the road and be in different time zones and be in a different city every day is tough. Uh, the Hawks have to find a way to get get some wins on to close out this road trip. Um, again, that Nets Nuggets game in Denver has really been the only game in this road trip that the Hawks have not been in, and they've had opportunities to win every game. But again, in Phoenix, they had an opportunity to get a win, and they just weren't able to pull it out. Um, this game was really, uh, again decided I thought on the boards and the kind of second chance opportunities the Hawks were outscored in second chance opportunities 11 to 23 and uh, the Hawks had all 11 of their second chance points in the first half Um, the Suns had 19 of their 23 in the first half and uh, the Hawks just never they had there were a couple times that the ball went right off of Hawks players hands on rebounds the Suns were able to get it and get like a easy two-point shot or something like that And in a game that's ultimately decided by seven, but really with under a minute to go, this was a one-possession game, those come back to get you. Um, And so it was tough to see the Hawks fall in that fashion. Another area where the Hawks are usually really proficient that came back 
to bite them was at the free throw line. The Hawks were only 15 of 21, and while that's a pretty good shooting percentage, um, the Hawks are usually a lot, uh, are very efficient at the free throw line, and to leave six points at the rim right there, I mean, the Phoenix had the same amount of makes, 15, and they only got 18 free throws. So that's six points, three points if you think that the Suns can make all of their free throws as well. If the Hawks left, um, that would have made a big difference in this game. Some of the big contributors for the Hawks, Trey Young continues uh, to play really well. His shot isn't falling, and he's still being very, very uh, good for this Hawks team. He was 5 of 16 from the field, 1 of 4 from three-point land. He did get to the free throw line nine times and made 8 of 9 of his free throws for 19 points, 2 rebounds, 3 steals, only 3 turnovers, and 13 assists. Trey was finding all of his teammates. He got lobs to Clint Capella and John Collins before John went out. He was able to have a beautiful full-court pass to Bogdan Bogdanovich um, for an easy layup. And he had an awesome one-handed pass uh, from one side of the court to the other to, I think, Danilo Gallinari um, or Bogdan Bogdanovich for a three. And Trey just had everything working. Um, his, his shot wasn't falling as consistently as you'd like, but Trey was able to find his teammates and a lot of uh, that third quarter was a lot of Trey Young, but also a lot of the second unit as well. Um, but Trey just had a nice game of 19 and 13. Um, and if he's going to have 13 assists, you can't really quibble with three turnovers. Um, and then his three steals I thought were big. He had one steal where he was spending a lot of the night guarding Mikel Bridges, who is a lot bigger than Trey is. And one of my frustrations kind of during the game was just watching and feeling like, Trey would be better matched up against Chris Paul, who he's much similarly sized to, than getting matched to Mikkel Bridges, who can just kind of take Trey down to the post and just shoot over him. Just another huge size mismatch. Um, but Trey was very pesky, and there's one sequence in particular where he uh, jumped the pass and was able to get in there and get a steal, and then that turned into Hawks points on a fast break. Um, so very good to see Trey be pesky on the uh, defensive side of the ball, and those three steals are just something I hope to continue to see going forward. Bogdan Bogdanovich was definitely the next best player for the Hawks. He was 8 of 18 from the field, 4 of 8 from three-point land, and he was uh, aggressive shooting those threes. He would get it, pull the trigger. It did not matter if there was a player in front of him or not. And uh, another thing I'd like to talk about with Bogey is just him and Trey seem to be developing a little chemistry they both passed, had assists to each other on three-pointers, um, and it's good to see another ball handler next to Trey. And uh, one thing that Bogdan Bogdanovich does that Kevin Herter hasn't done yet is Bogdan gets into the paint and is just very assertive with his shot. Um, I don't know how many times so far this season that Kevin Herter has gotten 18 shots up, but Bogdan Bogdanovich is going to get his shots up, and it's good to see that uh, Nate McMillan really rode with Bogey. Bogey hit a three in the last minute to get the Hawks within one um, to help the Hawks hang into this game and really uh, potentially come out of Phoenix with a win. But him and Trey seem to be developing a little bit of a chemistry, finding where each other likes to have the ball and, and get their shot off. And Trey's one three-pointer came off of a pass from Bogdanovich. So um, strong minutes from him. He had 22 points, four rebounds, six assists, uh, and four steals. And he was uh, the Hawks were plus seven when Bogdanovich was on the court. Um, so just very strong play from their, the Bogdan Bogdanovich in his first year here in Atlanta. Um, it'll be interesting to see if that chemistry continues to develop between him and Trey Young. 
because if Trey can trust Bogdanovich to handle the ball and he also can trust that the ball will come back to him if he gives the ball to Bogdanovich, I think that'll be a big lift for the Hawks' offense. John Collins only got to play 15 minutes because he rolled his ankle. He was 4 of 6. He didn't make one free throw. One of those was an and one for nine points. He had four rebounds, three assists, and just one foul. Uh, Trey, excuse me, John Collins had another lob to Clint Capella, which was awesome to see. If teams are going to double-team Trey Young, it is so important for the rest of these Hawks to start being able to be playmakers themselves. Uh, an encouraging stat is that all of these players having um, multiple assists. Bogdan McDonovich had six assists. John Collins had three assists in, in a half of play. Kevin Herter had three assists. Danilo Gallinari had three assists. If the players around Trey Young um, are able to turn, you know, in advantageous situations where it's four Hawks players on three defenders into points, that'll go a long way in helping Trey have an easier workload and getting the Hawks opportunities to get wins. So um, good to see John Collins have a good first half. Awful to see him get hurt. I thought Solomon Hill came in and was effective in the second half and really did a nice job of coming in and, and taking those minutes that John Collins couldn't play. But uh, really tough to see the Baptist go out with an injury. And, again, we'll see. We haven't heard the extent of his injury, and we'll see what he is on the injury report and if he's able to play in San Antonio, if he's able to play in New Orleans, or if they just hold him out until uh, the Hawks get back to Atlanta. Clint Capella was 8 of 12 for 16 points. He had 16 rebounds, but only one offensive rebound and a block. Tony Snell had five points, two of four from the field, one of two from three-point land. He had one rebound and assist. He had three turnovers, which is not like Tony Snell. He's not a high-usage guy. He usually doesn't have the ball enough to get three turnovers, and then he's usually very effective when he does have the ball. So to see him get three turnovers is kind of disconcerting. Kevin Herter, I thought, was good off the bench. Four of ten, three of six from three-point land. So good to see Kevin Herter have six three-point attempts. Um, three of six from there, one of two from the free throw line for 12 points, three assists and a steal. Uh, Danilo Gallinari, four of ten, two of seven from three-point land. Uh, two of uh, Gallo's misses were wide-open threes. The Hawks did awesome jobs to get Gallo two just looks with players not within five feet, not within 15 feet of Gallo, and he just clanked them, which was uh, just wild to see him miss those, but he was 3 of 3 from the free throw line for 13 points. He had 3 rebounds, 3 assists. He did have 4 fouls. And then finally, the the next uh, Hawk that I thought I should talk about is just Solomon Hill was 3 of 4, 2 of 3 from 3-point land for 8 points. He had a rebound and a steal. And the Hawks bench did a nice job. Um, the Phoenix bench would score more than the Hawks bench. It was 42 to 39. But I thought especially Hill coming in and taking some minutes from John Collins, uh, was he did a nice job filling in. And then I thought Kevin Herter and Gallo were very good off the bench. And um, you can just tell, we'll get go through some of the Suns' performances, but you can tell that the Hawks are missing some of their defensive stoppers. Just some of these bigs that are coming off the bench for other teams, whether it was Jamichael Green against the Nuggets or Dario Saric doing it here for the Suns. It would just be a big help for the Hawks if they had DeAndre Hunter to throw at some of these guys. But uh, getting into the Suns, you're going to talk about Devin Booker. He had 21 points, 3 rebounds, and 3 assists. Chris Paul had a little bit more of a quiet night, 12 points, 8 assists, 2 steals. He did have a big shot at the end of the game. Um, while the Hawks were able to bring it all the way back from that 16-point deficit in the first half and tie the game, 
with under, you know, five minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Chris Paul is completely in his element, got to his shot, was able to find a big man, uh, DeAndre Ayton. But uh, Chris Paul had a big shot, and then DeAndre Ayton, who was five of eight from the field for ten uh, for ten points there and had three of five from the free throw line, he also had 14 rebounds and five of those offensive, none bigger than at the end of the game when the Suns had a missed shot and he was able to get it make the shot and put the uh, Suns up three instead of just a one-point lead for the Hawks with about under a minute to go. Um, Mikkel Bridges, 10 points, 5-9 from the field, had five rebounds and assist. Actually, Trey did a pretty good job defending him. Um, it's Mikael Bridges is more effective from the three-point line than getting in the paint. He certainly tried to take Trey Young into the paint a few times, but uh, was just not comfortable there. And then the real big, you know, backbreaker for the Hawks is just Dario Sarge coming in um, off the bench and going seven of an eight from the field, three of three from the three-point line, and three of four from the free-throw line for 20 points. Um, he had five rebounds and assists, but the Hawks had no answer for him. And if they would do a switch, Sarge would take a smaller player into the paint and hit it. And then he hit some just ridiculous threes. I mean, his first two threes in the first half were in the fl- flow of the offense, and he got open looks, but... Um, there was a look in the third quarter, third or fourth quarter, certainly in the second half, where uh, there was a defender right in Sarge's face, and he just drained a three to kind of keep the lead of the Suns right around that 14-to-8-point uh, range when the the Suns were really controlling the game. Um, so those are the big performers for the Suns. Again, this is a game where the Hawks got down early and lost one of their uh, biggest players in John Collins, and then they had a strong fourth quarter where they third quarter, excuse me, where they were able to outscore the Suns 33 to 25. And that offensive performance was just getting a lot of good shots. The Hawks got really hot on both three pointers and just from the field. And then a big point of the game was uh, Kevin Herter got all the way into the paint, missed a shot. Um, DeAndre Ayton got the board and tried to throw an outlet pass to one of his guards, and Herter stole the ball. Uh, was right at the three-point line, gave a ball fake, defender goes flying by, and then Herter found Bogdanovich for an open three. And the Hawks were able to use that as a spark for a little bit of a run to get back in this game. And the Hawks went into the fourth quarter only being down two. Um, So just strong, strong effort from the Hawks. They were able to withstand an offensive flurry and kind of a little bit of stagnation on their offense in the first half and come back and almost get a win in Phoenix. they again the Hawks are going to have to come out harder I think they're going to have to do something to help alleviate a little bit of the ball handling duties from Trey I think one thing that has happened without having any Rajon Rondo and without a Lou Williams is that a lot of responsibility and maybe too much responsibility comes on Trey Young to get all of the offense started and I was really encouraged to see that the Hawks had 30 assists after only having 18 in Denver getting 30 assists is huge now um, I think another thing that we see with these Hawks scores, if the Hawks score 120 points, they're getting a win. But if they're doing anything less than that, it's really hard for the Hawks to get a win. So um, they're just going to have to find a ways to get their offense going a little earlier. And um, we'll see if they're able to do that in San Antonio on Thursday. Go Hawks. Thank you for catching this episode of the KettleCast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. Go Hawks.